I say what? Ho, this is Brian. Call me the best of fools gardener coming to you from the Devil's Hole, a.k.a. the subterranean studio of the new Ramblin' Towers in scenic and toasty warm Hesper, Ontario. You are listening to Ramblin' Radio episode 150. I need an echo machine. I need to put an echo on that. 150, 150, 150. Uh, can't believe, can't believe I made it to 150. I have to say this. Um, uh, anyway, in a minute. Uh, Ramblin' Radio is the longest-running Led Zeppelin podcast on this or any other known internets. Be sure to go to ramblinradio.com for all your Led Zeppelin news, reviews, and any links I might mention during the show. You can subscribe to Ramblin' Radio through iTunes and Google Play if you're, uh, you know, a Google player. Um... If you go to Apple uh, slash Google um, to download, to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave a review. If you're if you're there, whatever you're buying, uh, pop over, leave a review. It helps their algorithms find the podcast. Their algorithms finding the podcast helps other people find the podcast. Basically, if you review it, that tells, it doesn't matter if it's a good review or bad review, that tells Apple slash Google um, that you're interested in it, and by being interested in it, it, it the more interest it has from people like that, the more it appears when people search for Led Zeppelin, for instance. Um, you can also find this podcast on Podbean, and uh, at I Am Brian Dammit. Podbean has their own mobile streaming app, so you can listen to it on the go that way. You can listen on Stitcher Radio, who also have their own mobile app. And don't forget to check out Ramble on Radio on YouTube, and this particular podcast will be on YouTube, although funnily lit. I'm having a tough time with the lights tonight. I don't know why. So I'm very washed out looking. Uh, apologies to you people on YouTube. Uh, also, you can follow Ramble on Radio on Facebook and at Ramble on Blog on Twitter. Um, so the intro music was intro music was the immigrant song Robert Plant and the Sensational Space Shifters June 23rd at the Secret Solstice Festival also known as known as the Midnight Sun Festival in Reykjavik, Iceland uh, and here's what they have to say because uh, there was something in this I thought was interesting um, the, the uh, Secret Solstice Festival showcases both established artists as well as exciting up and coming talent over the course of three days in the 24-hour midnight sun during the summer solstice. So the question I had reading that, is it a 24-hour festival? Does it run for three days straight? Is there no break from the music? Um, Just go to your tent and sleep when you feel like it, if you can sleep in the blazing sun, I guess. But it happened the first day of summer. Basically, it happens over that weekend, June 23rd being the period. Um... And it is the first time uh, it's been reported that uh, Page and Plant did Immigrant Song in the 90s. That was the last time Robert Plant did Immigrant Song. Although um, they used to uh, they used to do the the musical intro, um, but not the whole song. Um, and it's I can't remember what they, where they did it, but they kind of led into another song with a little Immigrant Song like. Um, the question stands, did Robert Plant actually ever sing it then, or was it in the early, very early part of the 90s, the last time Robert Plant played, sang the Immigrant Song? Now, that particular variation, and uh, yes, I want to have a discussion on this. The particular variation you just heard, the um, the Rejavac uh, from June 23rd of this year, um is getting a lot of reaction online and whatnot. Uh, some people don't like it. Some people fine with it. Um, two things. Um, f- uh, well, one thing, I guess. Um, it, it, it was... Um, they, they appeared in Iceland, as Led Zeppelin um, did, in June 22nd, 1970. So almost to the day. Uh, one day off the day, as it were. In Reykjavik, Iceland. Um, at uh, Lager... Lagerdahl Hall, Lagerdahl, L-A-U-G-A-R-D-A-L-S-H-O-L-L, Lagerdahl Hall, in Reykjavik, Iceland, uh, 
God knows I'm I'm butchering these pronunciations, but that was um, so. Robert Plant was really paying, and by the way, they they wrote the immigrant song in that time frame. Um, at that time, it kind of I I think the story as I recall it, I was trying to look it up tonight and I couldn't find it. The story as I recall it is they banged a play plant or a page kind of ripped into that lick during sound check. And by the time they had left Iceland, Plant had kind of written the lyrics. Um, and and um, it's, this, this is, you know, this is one of my little pet peeves is people who say Led Zeppelin play Vikings and Hobbits. And, um, like they wrote Run Song about Vikings. They, they were in Iceland. The lick came up. Plant thought it appropriate. And... And, and being a guy who reads history and stuff, you know he was reading Icelandic history at the time a bit. So he just threw together some quick lyrics. You know, they played the Bath Festival on the 28th. So 22nd to 28th, six days later, they played the Bath Festival of the Blues. And, um... Oh, man, I, have it, I had it written down here somewhere. But they opened with um, Immigrant Son song was a week old. They, that's how quickly they wrote it. And uh, I had seen it somewhere once before. They also had recorded it by the end of the month. So, yeah, Led Zeppelin writes songs about, you know, Vikings. Well, one song that they threw together when they were <laughs> basically at Soundcheck, were playing it, opening their shows with it within a week, and, and had it recorded within three three weeks or four weeks. Um, it just is, uh, you know, it's, 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 so it's a pet peeve of mine, but that's what he was doing there. That's why he played it there. Um, the immigrant song is, uh, uh, it, he was just, and he actually says, thank you to your culture for the inspiration. Um, and it, when I kind of didn't start talking until he'd said that bit, if you heard it, um, uh, other thing, and then some people say, oh, Jesus, his voice is really gone. He can't sing that anymore. No, no kidding. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> you know, have you heard Robert Plant the last 10 years? Of course his voice isn't up to um, the Viking squall. Uh, nobody expects him to, to be. Um, I, But I still, I would take that over... Some variation, the, the sort of thing he's done with other songs over the last bunch of years, um, the monkeying he's done, or whatever you would say, uh, with a variety of songs. Um, I would take that straight up done, and give it as give it an honest go, in, instead of I don't know taming it or something. Um, I'll take it. Somebody commented in one of the things I saw too. He doesn't really sing ah, he sings oh, uh, and thought that was odd. Um, uh, and it, that's what he does. He, it's, it's more of an oh, um, and I have uh, I have information on that for you. <laughs> See, this is where you come for the real information. So I'm taking singing lessons, and uh, I've been working on a song that has a ah, ah part in it. And my teacher said to me, do the, oh, do, and I'm kind of having, i just not hitting one of the notes. It's, it's a, and I'm not hitting one of the notes. So she says, try, try doing O instead of ah. So I do it, and no problem. And she says, yeah, once you get into the top end of your range, the ah sound is actually very difficult to do. It's just the way the mouth forms, the way everything happens within your mouth, the way you contract the muscles to make that, that, motion with your mouth the O sound is much more natural especially at the high end of your range so that's why Robert Plant was doing that he's he's he knows enough about singing to know I can do it with O I can't do it with ah that's your little tidbit for the day that you didn't get anywhere else I promise you so anyway that's um, that was what was Immigrant Song um sensational spaceship <laughs> Boy, I have a hard time with that sometimes. Sensational Space Shifters, June 23rd at uh, Reykjavik. And it was kind of cool. I thought it was cool. And, and I don't mind it. Um, if Robert Plant's got to blow out the Led Zeppelin songs, then do it right. 
Um, that's my opinion. Um, and people who listen to this podcast a long time know it's been my opinion for a long time. Um, I, and I wanted to touch on this episode 150. This is 150. Um, thanks to people who've listened. There's people who've listened from day one. Thank you to you guys and girls. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's been cool and fun to do this. Um, but I, I, you know, you can't, don't conceive what am I going to say for 150 episodes. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I do listen to every episode myself because I want to make sure things are what they should be. Um, and, uh, how are you doing on YouTube, by the way? wonder sometimes about the YouTube, but see, I don't watch YouTube videos, so I don't know how that's going, I'm just making sure my volume's up here, holy shit, um, guess what, it's not going to be on YouTube, I just, I just killed it, I don't know, what's it got to do, yeah, I got no volume going anyway. So if you're a YouTube person, you're going to have to come this way. I apologize. Um, it's not going to make it onto YouTube today. Keeps trying, though. So, yeah, it's 150 is a, um, it's a big number. It, and uh, I, was, I was trying to think of something. Sp- uh, I could do something special for 150. I, I didn't really come up with it. I came up with a dumb idea um, this evening that I, I actually... I was thinking, oh, that's it, and I did it, and then I realized I was thinking 50, not 150, but we're going with the dumb idea anyway. So that's why I came up with this dumb idea, though. <laughs> so, but anyway, I wanted to thank everybody who's listened, uh, however much you've listened over the years. It's been uh, it's been about eight years, 150 episodes. I met a guy, Jimmy Page was in Toronto. Um, he, he did uh, for the... the, the, the I don't even remember which set of box sets it was, but I, I got invited. I managed to get an invite down. And he did, uh, you know, they do the listening to three or four of the songs. And there was a little function afterwards. And Jimmy Page wasn't at the function. But uh, there was a guy who they had up, uh, they talked about, or they they had to do some talking during the um, during the uh, the evening. And he's a uh, musicologist in Toronto. And uh, I, I stopped to chat to him, and I told him I was doing a Led Zeppelin podcast. And at that time, I was like in the 80s or 90s. And he says, uh, what What do you say? He says, how long are your podcast? It's about half an hour to an hour, generally. You have done 80, 48, half an hour to an hour long podcasts on Led Zeppelin. Yeah. What do you say? Eh, I don't even know. Um, so... <laughs> It is not saying, as you know, I've taken a few hiatuses to try and figure out what to say next. So that's, um, yeah, but it's been fun and I, I enjoy it. And I hope you continue to enjoy it. I hope I'm not getting too rambly for people's tastes. Okay, in history, June 24, 1969, they recorded for BBC Radio 1 at the Maida Vale Studios in London. Uh, on the 27th of June, 1969, they appeared at the Playhouse Theatre in London, recorded for BBC Radio 1 series in concert. Both of those recordings, both of those shows, would be represented on the BBC sessions. And, in fact, if you have the deluxe session that came out last year, the deluxe edition, everything they played at those should be on that. Uh, the 28th of June, 1970, I have 69, but at 70, they played the Bath Festival of the Blues. Um, and this noted immigrant song was the uh, opening song that night for the first time, uh, and would stay in the opening slot for a bunch of tours. Um, June 28, 1982, Pictures at 11 was released, Robert Plant's first solo album, and I can tell you that on June 28, 1982, I went to the record store and bought Robert Plant's first solo album. Uh, <laughs> June 30, 1990, Jimmy Page joins Robert Plant on stage at Nebworth. They played Wearing and Tearing is the only thing I remember. Um, I think they did three songs. Probably Rock and Roll. They always seem to do Rock and Roll. 
But Warren and Taryn was the kind of interesting one. They had never played that live before. On the 4th of July, 1983, Robert Plant releases the single Big Log, which is his most successful solo hit. And on July 5th, 1971, this is interesting because this show is almost about this. Uh, the Milan, Italy riot happened. Um, they were playing. Things got a little out of control. Then the police got a lot out of control. And next thing you know, there was tear gas and riot police. And the show was cut short. Uh, and they ended up kind of barricading themselves in the dressing room. And uh, in, in point of never returned uh, to Italy, I think. Uh, maybe Milan, but I think Italy they never returned to. So, uh, and I, I happened to be, uh, I mentioned um, the last episode, I was going to be, you know, there was going to be a gap um, between that and this, and the reason was I was on holidays, and I was actually in the south of France, in Nice, uh, and then Venice, and in between the two, we spent a night in Milan, so I, I had kind of at the time thought, hey, maybe doing the sh- podcast on the Milan show, that Milan riot show, would be a nice tie-in. And I, what I didn't realize was it was date-wise, it also worked as a, tie, as a tie-in. Um, so uh, that was an interesting one that turned up in my history today. I, I did consider doing a long form. Um, I've done a couple of episodes where I kind of write out a script in long form, and, and I end up with six or seven pages about one particular thing. And... Um, thought of doing that about the Milan Riot show never got never got it done as simple as that uh, but I, I'm going to put that on the list for ones to do somewhere down the road okay uh, we have a must mention file here a uh, couple of things A there's been two new podcast. I don't have this on my list but the Robert Plant podcast um, what is it called I'm pulling up my podcast really quick because I know I can find it quick and now I can find it quick. Um, uh, digging deep with Robert Plant, and uh, he had did. We had talked about before. He had done the first episode was on the song "Calling to You," and he talked about a few things. Much shorter one. The next episode, "Bone of Saints," was the song they talked about off of um, off his last album. How's that? Uh, details. I want. Oh, see, I'm getting this. I want the details um, from Carrie Fire. Uh, and and it was like 13 minutes this this episode, and then uh, the next episode just released today is on Achilles' last stand. So that'll be very interesting. Um, and uh, I am I have not listened to it yet. 18 minutes long, by the way. So they're they're a little. The first one was about half an hour. They seem to be running about in the 15 minute range, and um, that's what's uh, yeah. So um, it the first two have been interesting. Yeah, Rob, you know Robert Plant when he gets going, he, he he tries to be funny, and and I imagine he's an amusing guy to talk to, but he he kind of gets a little, you know, he makes comparisons that are very odd to try and be amusing, and he he says stuff that you just I have no idea what he just meant. Um, he's he's that kind of a guy, uh, so so it it bogs down a bit, and Robert Plant. Um, over, I don't even know how to say it really. He 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 just kind of he says a lot to say very little sometimes, and uh, this podcast tends to bog down. So he starts talking about yeah, he'll start talking some joke and some reference that you never you've no idea what he's talking about. Um, and uh, but at the end of the day, he gets to the meat of the story. It's there and. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to the Achilles Last Stand. It's, and, you know, it's Robert Plant podcast. You, you're not going to turn that down, right? Um, and everybody here knows how to get a podcast, obviously. So go get your Robert Plant podcast. Sorry, I'm adjusting myself here. Adjusting myself. All right. Um, there's, an, there's an interesting story out there um, that's starting to emerge in the music world. Um, in 2008... There was a fire in the back lot of Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, And it was basically a storage facility for Universal Universal Studios. 
And at the time the fire was reported, not much damage, da-da-da-da-da. There was some fear that some movies had been in, um, lost in the fire. Um, but assurances at the time were nothing really seriously was lost in the fire. About three or four weeks ago, there was a New York Times Magazine report about this fire. And they talked about several, uh, like, hundreds, possibly thousands of master tapes of classical, classic rock and, and music for universal music were destroyed in this fire. That uh, uh, It's kind of been a, a secret that's starting to emerge. Uh, people are discovering this oh my god moment um, in uh, it has occurred. Uh, and that that was about three or four weeks ago. Now I I, I um, follow um, a website, a forum, a chat forum called Steve Hoffman's Music Forum, which is about um, audiophile music. It's uh, they, it, it's, um, but it's interesting. It, it it can be interesting for a music fan, and um, a lot of it I, I don't you know bother with or, or is over my head or. Um, is people fussing about which variation of an album to get. Should I get the 1992 version, or should I get the 1994 version with this on the... on the dead wax, you know, the the, <laughs> the rollout of the violin. If it says this on the dead wax, is that the right version, you know? And they get very fussy about this stuff. Uh, and which doesn't... Um, <laughs> doesn't interest me very much but but a lot of what goes on and they've been talking about this and there's lots of stories starting to emerge and one of them is for instance that Brian Adams has actually filed suit because all his um, uh, his master tapes have been destroyed now this matters because if you go back if you want to remaster the thing like we just got all these big remasters uh, of Led Zeppelin uh, and the first thing they would do is go get those original tapes and and move them to some sort of uh, digital, usually, um, probably always now. But they would they would then move those tracks to to other tracks. They would not work off of the masters, but they would take the master and produce a copy that they could then work off of. Those masters being gone, it becomes much more difficult to do a remaster, to do to do an upgrade. Uh, so. So yeah, if you're Brian Adams, you 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 just lost the ability to do the box sets <laughs> for all your stuff, you know. For instance, um, and if you are David Coverdale and Jimmy Page, you have also lost the ability to remaster in that capacity in that way. Now, I imagine there's ways they could always remaster. Anyway, well, the master tapes for Jimmy Page and David Coverdale's album Coverdale Page were also destroyed in the fire. That's that came out this week. This is why I'm telling you all this. Uh, so what it means is, yeah, we're not getting the super deluxe, uh, super deluxe edition of the Coverdale Page album or whatever. It's um, it it could probably it could be re-released. I'm sure there's copies of the masters somewhere, but it's not the same thing, and it wouldn't work as well. And and you get stuck with certain things. Let's put it this way: anytime you make a copy. This gets convoluted, but mastering is just reproducing the sound to another. So even just making a copy of it is—it's never a straight copy. There's there's mastering in it. More trouble, less trouble, more bass, less bass. That alone affects the copy. Um, so you never get a pure copy that you can just work perfectly off of. Um, and and you know, so we're not. Plus, if there's extra tracks, we're, they're probably lost. Um, so anyway, that's that's the story is anyway that Coverdale Page the they have been destroyed in that fire. Um, we'll see if there's more. This, if you're a bit of a music fan, it's worth looking this up. This story has been emerging for about three or four weeks, and every kind of four or five days, another one is coming up. Another story is coming up. Um, that, uh, of somebody who's lost their tapes and, and or just realizing their tapes are gone. And I read one, and I can't, I'm trying to remember who it was, but somebody thought the tapes were lost in this fire. 
and then they ended up in Philadelphia. The tapes ended up in Philadelphia. Um, for some reason, they had been moved, and then uh, I can't think of who that was. All right, Jimmy Page and his neighbor Robbie Williams still fighting. Uh, you will recall that Page and Williams are bickering over. Williams wants to build a fairly large sub base. He's his neighbor. They they own these old Victorian style homes, or probably before. But they're fairly close to each other, and they're delicate properties. And Williams wants to put in a big sub basement and a basement below the basement and a gym and a pool and all that stuff down below. Um, and I guess this is one of the ways that these rich people do this: is they they build six stories below their house as well as, you know, instead of going out when they don't have the property. Jimmy Page is concerned that any construction along those lines will damage his house, which is a fairly delicate foundation. That by digging by digging down, you create uh, you take pressure off. You know, there's the, the foundation is built to withstand a certain pressure, but if you take that pressure away, then the foundation could push out and shift, do different do things it's not supposed to do. Jimmy Page is deeply concerned about this sort of thing. He has uh, um, like 18th century frescoes painted on his ceiling and stuff. That should the house shift, those frescoes could be ruined, um, things like that. So he has been fighting Robbie Williams every step of the way on this um, on this plan to do this work, and he's he's been in court and he's been in front of the council and so on and so forth. And and then it seemed like they had settled the dispute, and uh, Robbie Williams was going to go ahead with his work, but he was going to put up a um, a bond. Uh, a substantial bond to allow, should something happen to Page's place, then the bond would cover a- any damage, um, that sort of thing. Uh, and now, Page and Robbie Williams are fighting over the nature of the bond. They're fighting over whether the bond is necessary, whether it's legal. The council has ordered that the bond happen. This is how they've managed to get the approval done. And now Robbie Williams and his lawyer are saying, well, it's not actually legal. And uh, some other bickering in there. It's all technical lawyery stuff. And uh, you're not interested in that. But let us just say they've not settled the dispute, as we were told. There are two new bootlegs that have hit the market in the last couple of weeks. Um, Two soundboard bootlegs, I believe. No, No, one's a soundboard, one's not, I think. Once an audience. The soundboard is uh, from Los Angeles, March 75. Uh, been released. Uh, this, by the way, comes from Led Zeppelin News. This is, a, this is a lift from Led Zeppelin News. Soundboard recording of Led Zeppelin performing in Los Angeles in March 1975 has been released by Japanese bootleg label Empress Valley. The label released a handful of songs on a new CD titled The Night Stalker. The recordings are believed to all originate from the March 24, 1975 Los Angeles Forum Show. However, Empress Valley has not confirmed this and said suggested it is a possession of a soundboard recording from March 25th and March 27th shows at the same venue. Now it has, this show has been released, it has made its way to the internet uh, and therefore to my hard drive and... Uh, it's labeled as the March 24th. What that means, I don't know. Here's the set list. Rock and roll, sick again, in my time of dying, the song remains the same, the rain song. Trampled underfoot, stairway to heaven, whole lot of love, black dog. Uh, you will notice what is missing from this is the long, really long songs. Um, other than in my time of dying, really. Like all the, you know, days to confused... Moby Dick, whole lot of love, um, uh, no quarter. All all that stuff is not here, um, and all the kind of shorter stuff that doesn't have elongated solos and whatnot is. Uh, Empress Valley has this habit of releasing part shows and then another part show and another part show um, before you get, and then they'll release a, a deluxe edition themselves with the full show. And, or with all three shows, you know, March 24, 25, 27. And it'll, it'll all kind of get 
drip, drip, drip out so they can maximize their money. And then at the end, they'll throw it all together and make a big one. But it also, these things have a habit of hitting the internet just about as soon as they're announced. And that was the case with this one. There's also a previously unheard audience of Led Zeppelin performing in Detroit, June 6, 1972. It was released online, did not go through a bootleg label. Um, this is the only recording of this show to have emerged. And the first half of the show is missing from the tape. The set list of the show as it stands is... Bronyar Stomp, Days to Confuse, What Is and What You Never Mean, Moby Dick, Whole Lot of Love, Rock and Roll. That's Detroit, June 6, 1972. Uh, and I haven't heard that one. Uh, how's that grab you? Okay, one last thing. Um, way back on in February 2014, episode 46, uh, I, did a, I did a show, I did an episode about um, TV shows that used Led Zeppelin um, as the titles. Um, you know, every show has has its own name, you know, so it's, uh, you know, uh, Friends were always um, the one with, you know, the one with the monkey, the one with whatever. Um, they tended to have a, they tend to have a title to each of the episodes. And lots of TV shows, they just, because the title's nonsensical in a lot of ways, they'll throw it out there. Um, they'll use a song title or something. Just decide to do it. Uh, and, and I just... Uh, so there was a whole season of... That 70s show, I think, that used Led Zeppelin songs as for song titles. Uh, I think News Radio was the one that twigged me. They had a couple... Um, Californication had some, and there was a bunch more. And there's been a few that come up once in a while. I found this one recently, and um, I, this is the appropriate week to say it, uh, to tell you, because uh, it is the TV show, and if you're not an American, you have no idea what this show is. Um, I guarantee it, and if you're not American of a certain age, you have no idea. But it shows ALF, about an alien, very funny show, reasonably funny show anyway, about an alien. And uh, Alf number 54, season 3, episode 2, was called Stairway to Heaven. And it's just worth noting the uh, the father in that show, a fellow by the name of Max Wright, died this week. So, uh, kind, of a, kind of a come together in that one. I seen it and thought, uh, I, I kind of had it on my mental list. And then when Max Wright died, I said, okay, we're going to... We're going to throw that in there. So there's another one to add to the list of TV shows named after Led Zeppelin's son. Uh, how's our timing here? Okay. So here's here's what I came up with for the 150th episode. Uh, I had a brief moment of, of sheer idiocy and thought it was the 50th episode. And I came up with a, a list. I sat and did a list of my top 50 Led Zeppelin songs. Um, from 1 to 50. 50 to 1, actually. And um, then I kind of done it and went, wait a minute, it's 150, not 50. But there is not 150 songs. And, and uh, so I, I think I, I found a list of songs. And I think it said it was 86. And it listed them 86. And that included, um, that included the L.A. Drone, from the, the which is just, I don't know what it even is. They, uh, it, it comes at the beginning of the How the West Was Won. It's just like a, it's like the tuning up before the show, song. So, which by the way, the list I saw had it at 86. <laughs> 86 songs. L.A. Drone was 86. Um, didn't make the top 50, by the way. So, and um, I thought there was 90 some odd show, songs, and, and uh, with the original 10 albums, I thought there was 90 some odd at, at some point, but. But this had some of the stuff from the box sets and whatnot in it as well. Plus it had, um, Hey, Hey, What Can I Do? Traveling Riverside Blues. My Baby with the Wavy Long Black Hair or whatever it is. Um, those are all in this. So all the extra ones that have popped up over the years were part of this list that I saw. So 86 seems to be the number. And this is my top 50. Now, uh, a couple of caveats. If I sat down tomorrow and did a top 50 list, it would be different. Um, this is just the way I felt this particular evening, and even at that, I'm looking at it going, I don't know, I can't pick between this song and that song. 
I can tell you that I the first thing was let's whittle it down. So let's let's do so let's, I was, I'm going through the list of songs and I'm taking the ones I'm thinking, okay, this will make the list, 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 this will make the list. This, oh, that one's not going to be on my list. That one's, I don't think that's going to be on top of that. So as I did that and I came up with, and I actually wrote down 51 songs. So the list is probably not going to change much in terms of what songs are on it. Um, this is kind of my 50 songs, I think. Um, but, although there'll likely be one or two that, but the order, uh, I didn't spend long enough on this to say, oh yeah, for sure that, and let's listen to them all again and do all that. I just kind of blanged them off. And a couple of times, even after I'd done it, I went, no, let's move these around. <laughs> so it's, this this is not, by any stretch of the nation, my definitive list, never mind a definitive list. Second of all, this is my list. This is not the best 50 songs. This is um, my opinion of the best 50 songs. Uh, and um, I assure you that where a song winds up says far more about me than it does about the song. Um, and if you disagree with where I, to where I wound up or what songs are on my list or where they wound up, um, well, you probably should because you would have your own list. Uh, I would expect virtually nobody else to have the exact list that I'm about to produce. Um, and I would by no means consider it comprehensive or uh, anything like that. But I just thought it would be, it was, hey, it's, well, it's fun. And possibly it'll even lead to conversation. So, so here we are. This is my top 50 Led Zeppelin songs. Uh, number 50, Wearing and Tearing. Number 49, Bronyar. Number 48, The Wonton Song. Um, four or five of these kind of rockers from Physical Graffiti, they all made it, and probably I could interchange them. Probably I could slip this down to the rover at 37, The Wonton, and move the rover to 48. Um, you know, that, that's one of the things that's... A v okay, well, that's just where it wound up. Um, I, I probably and realistically group all, all five of these or four of these songs in one spot from 27 to 30 or something, and... Um, but I kind of tried not to group songs like that. So, so see how this works? Yeah, I, I mean, tomorrow I could all be different. Number 47, No Quarter. And uh, I would probably choose a various uh, live version rather than the stuff. Not crazy on the studio version. Uh, and, of course, the live versions get the big solos and get long. Which is why this wound up down. If if you did kind of a five-minute live version of it, it would probably um, find its way higher at some point. Number 46, Trampled Underfoot. Number 45, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. 44, Southborn, Southbound Soiree. Number 43, Hey, Hey, What Can I Do? Number 42, Sick Again. Um, number 41, Hot Dog. And believe me, a lot of people would not have hot dog on their top 50 list, including the list I says. It was, it was of the 88 or 86 songs, it was like 84 or something. Um, but there you go. Number 40, Heartbreaker. A lot of people would put that higher, by the way. Number 39, Immigrant Song. Number 38, Dazed and Confused. Number 37, The Rover. And by the way, I was surprised when I'd done this to find um, Dazed and Confused wound up at 38. It was, but I kind of looked at. I really, you know, it's not a song I listen to very often. It's, um, it's a brilliant song. Whether it's a favorite song is another story. And that's kind of why that wound up down there. The, so where's that? Thirty-seven, the Rover. Thirty-six, Bronyar Stomp. Thirty-five, how many more times? Thirty-four, out on the tiles. Thirty-three, communication breakdown. Thirty-two, bring it on home. Thirty-one, celebration day live, the song remains the same version. And if we don't have the live song remains the same version to put on the list, um, it probably doesn't make the list, by the way. Uh, number 30, nobody's fault but mine. Um, and this this is one, if we had a really good recorded version from 77 or 79 or 80, like a properly released version, uh, might may go higher on the list. Um, Nobody's fault but mine. I really liked when they did it live in those later days. 
29, Custard Pie. 28, Going to California. 27, The Ocean. 26, Hot Song for Nowhere. 25, Royal Orleans. 24, Black Country Woman. 23, Over the Hills and Far Away. Over the Hills and Far Away was number one on the other list I saw, which, which actually gobsmacked me a little. Um, I could see it being top five in somebody's list or something, but number one, ooh, okay, okay. 22, All My Love would not make a lot of people's lists, I'm willing to bet. 21, Whole Lot of Love. Another one I was surprised where it wound up when I finished this, but I also couldn't, in good conscience, move it up. Number 20, Black Dog. Number 19, Dancing Days. Number 18, What Is and What Should Never Be. Number 17, Cashmere. Number 16, Good Times, Bad Times. Number 15, Ramble On. Number 14, Houses of the Holy. Um, that would be with, with Black Dog and a whole lot of love down the list. I'm guessing Houses of the Holy is a controversial choice. Um, number 13, Gallows Pole. Number 12, Battle of Evermore. Number 11, Rock and Roll. Number 10, Night Flight. Always loved Night Flight. Um, um, and yeah, well, let's do top 10 slower. Yeah, hard to believe Night Flight. And maybe Night Flight goes further down the list somewhere at some point. Cashmere or something bounces up. But, but I've always, it's a song I've always, always, always really, really liked. Uh, number 9, 10 Years Gone. Not a song I... This is the opposite. Not a song I've always really, really liked. Just the last five or six years, it's kind of caught my ear. Um, so many other people kind of talk about how much they love it. I've kind of went back and listened to it closely. And went, okay, okay, I get this now. Uh, number eight, Stairway to Heaven. Um, and I think that's fair. I mean, Stairway to Heaven, in some, you might say, well, that could be number one. Um, but I, I think that's really fair. Um Number seven, That's the Way. Number six, Song Remains the Same. I just made a change, by the way. Song Remains the Same. The live version from The Song Remains the Same. Uh, always like the live version again, much better than the studio version. And uh, various live versions. Various live versions. Okay, number five. I made this switch. I went six and five. I switched them around as I was looking at it. Just because I felt the top five needed to, needed to have this song in it. Number five, When the Levee Breaks. Um, just hard to argue. Could be Would be number one on lots of people's lists, I'm sure. Uh, number four, Fool in the Rain. Uh, was my initial number one, actually. Uh, I just love this song. And I know it's not necessarily a common opinion. But I completely love the groove in it, and I love the solo in it. Number three, In My Time of Dying. Um, yeah, I'm a guitar player. What can I say? Number two, Achilles' Last Stand. Um, just such a dynamic, big, bold song. And number one, Since I've Been Loving You. And again, what can I say? I'm a guitar player. And it's just a brilliant piece of guitar work, a brilliant piece of the blues. And... Um, and I didn't. I don't have any problems. I, you know, we can. I, I could argue almost everything with you. I would be willing to be talked different, on everything from two to fifty. Uh, but I don't think I'm knocking number since I've been loving you off number one. Although "Fool in the Rain" might go to number two at some day. How's that sound? <laughs> All right, we're we're getting long in the tooth here. And uh, it's getting late too. By the way, it's after midnight. Um, all right, so we're doing the uh, From the Collection this evening. Uh, the YouTube is not on anymore, but, oh, well, we're going to do it anyway. This is, and I actually pulled this out to look up. I thought this had um, what I wanted in terms of the um, the information on the Bath Show and the Rejavec Show for um, Immigrant Sign. Uh, I thought this was the book I got that information out of, but now I couldn't find it in it the way I wanted it. Um, so I don't know where the hell I saw that information. And uh, But this book is Get the Lead Out, uh, How Led Zeppelin Came to the Biggest Band in the World by Denny Somak, with a foreword by Carol Miller. And the the part, a big chunk of this, the, the On This Day stuff, like they, there's a progress chart of everything they did 
um, the first third of the book or quarter of the book. Uh, that was all written by our friend Steve Sauer. Matter of fact, I became friends with Steve Sauer because he wanted to keep his uh, web page going uh, while he was writing this. And he went off, he packed his stuff in a, ba in a car, and he went on a road trip, and he wrote while he was on the road trip. And this was what he was writing, was the, uh, the stuff for Get the Let Out, um, for this book. Uh, and uh, well, it's, it's a coffee table book. It's big, it's heavy, and it's decent. It's good. Um, it's got lots of interviews of people around Led Zeppelin. And it's got... Um, and then it's got a, a basically a history of, year-by-year year history of the band. Featuring their prom, their most significant gigs and things like that, uh, their recording time, what have you. So get the lead out. How the Led Zeppelin became the biggest band in the world. Denny Salmack and Carol Miller. I'm pointing it at the phone, even though the phone is not on. Um, how's that grab you? <laughs> there it is. That's my from the collection this evening, and that is it. I'm going to close this off with uh, "Sick Again" from the uh, March 24 LA Forum show from that bootleg I just told you had been released. So that is it for Ramble On Radio episode 150. Check rambleonradio.com for notes on this week's podcast, for Led Zeppelin news reviews, and any links I might mention in today's podcast. I actually don't, because I don't update that website anymore. Really, I don't. i got to change that. Follow Ramble On Radio on Facebook and at Ramble On Blog on Twitter. You can subscribe to Ramble On Radio through iTunes and Google Play. Uh, and don't forget, as I mentioned before, leave a review. Um, it helps their algorithms find this podcast, which helps other people find the podcast. Um, you can listen on Stitcher Radio. You can download it from I Am Brian Devin on Podbean, and both of those have their own apps. You can also check it out on YouTube, where this episode will not be. Thank you for listening to Ramble on Radio, episode 150, and here is Sick Again from March 24, 1975, in L.A. 4.
coming on the pain, it'll leave. 